All right, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the 86th Club Podcast, the hospitality-focused podcast with a center around the bartender. Do you feel like I intrude that okay? What do you think? You know, I'm a little rusty, but I think you did great. There it is. Jay Wells, everybody, back in the co-host seat after a couple episodes. But you recently got married. Yep, yep. Took a little time off. Got married. uh, You know, feeling all the feels about it. But I'm happy to be back (laughs) here on the podcast, you know? All the feels? Yeah, you know, happy. Mostly happy. (laughs) If my wife's listening to this, just completely happy. You know, that's how I feel. (laughs) I love you guys as a couple. It was a nice oh, wedding thanks. as well. It was pretty. Yeah, I had, you know, great cocktails. I... You did. You had a cocktail cart, which I thought was actually really lovely. It's not that it wasn't the first time I had seen it, but it was really well executed. You just had two awesome bartenders pumping out three drinks. It was like old fashioned margarita. What was the other one? Uh, just shots of bourbon. There it is. Yeah, shots shots of... of bourbon all night. Nice. Yeah, yeah I had a couple. It was was a good Mm, time. mm. It's great, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to Jeff Crane. What's his company? Cocktail Movement. Cocktail Movement. Check it out on Instagram. He did a wonderful (laughs) job. And uh, he's a great guy. So if you need a uh, a bartender on the move, he's your guy. Any of our five listeners having an event soon. Maybe you can all get together and have a party and hire Jeff. Contact Contact Jeff Crane. All right. Well, um... So we have two really fun guests today. Um, I would probably introduce you as also friends, close friends, in, not only in the industry, but you guys hang out all the time, I would think, right? Like I, your Instagram feed yeah, yeah, yeah. suggests that. The closest. <laughs> so <laughs> we have uh, with us today Garrett Ramsey, who is the beverage director for, for Baba Bodega on Central and also uh, this newest little cocktail gem in St. Pete, Bar Chica. Uh, so welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and then to my right, Sean O'Connor, Mr. Santa Teresa. It's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for being on. So I like to go around um, every time, you know, we have guests on and really just start with your origin story. So everybody has a really unique uh, story to tell, I find. So... How did you get into the bar industry or just hospitality in general? Like what was your, where did you start and how did you get all the way to where you are? Garrett? Um, I should probably get a little closer. I <laughs> am uh, hospitality from the beginning. So I started at 15 in the hospitality industry. Um, first restaurant job was a Chili's, which was fantastic. Got a Brinker uh, man in the house. That's what yeah. I like to hear. Brinker. They used to give you the card, and you could get discounts at every restaurant. Mm. Liquor, now, who else is in liquor, the Brinker family? Liquor included. The only one that needs is Maggiano's. Maggiano's on the border and <laughs> macaroni. The old macaroni. I'm a macaroni yeah. grill uh, alum, actually. Really? Brinker discount, man. You So you worked at Macaroni and Grill? I did for like, I think, less How than How did year. you learn to write your name upside down in crayon? Because I gift. felt like they that was the hardest That's thing. actually the first interview question. <laughs> they say, write your name upside down. You don't do it, you're, you're out. You're out. Because yeah. I, I could never figure out, I yeah. can't They're do like, it. You're never going to make $80 a shift. Get the hell out of here. Sometimes they would take the three crayons and they'd put them together so it would make a nicer pattern or something as they write your na- their name down. It was just weird. 
I had a I had a crush on a guy who worked at Macaroni and Grill. Did when he I was, was in he an opera singer at the Macaroni Grill? Because he used to have to do that too. No, he yeah. wasn't. He but he was a musician. Sing Happy birthday in Italian opera style. It's brutal. Do you it's still brutal. know how to do it? Absolutely. Sounds like Tom Waits does it now, but you know, it's, it's there. I mean, I can't. I can't a lot of people pay a little more for that. I kind of want you to sing. You, I won't make you now, but maybe if you we'll have a, a little bit more Santa Teresa rum. my man here. And oh, no, we're getting back to Garrett. I'm sorry. We had, I, I had to digress. So 15 years old, you're working at Chili's. Baby back ribs. Yeah. Yeah. No? Am I wrong? Yeah. That's. Yeah. Right? There it is. Yeah. I'm just going to move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then you got hired at Bodega and the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> When he was 16, uh, he got adopted hired. by George and Debbie, and then that's like now he's like Cinderella in the palace. Yeah, pretty much. So um, what, no, what happened? So 15 years old. Yeah, it started at the Chili's. Started from the bottom. Every position um, mm. sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, it's bendy. Uh, this is what it's like just hanging out with me and Gary. Like <laughs> him telling a story and everyone laughing. Pretty much. Um, yeah, dishwasher, host, busser, bar back you name it, uh, into expo server, eventually, uh, pulled some shifts on the line. So I basically did everything there except manager bartend. Mm. Um, but obviously I was too young to bartend at that point anyway. And that was, uh, three years of my life. Um, and then shortly after that, I moved to St. Petersburg, Florida and, started to get more into the fine dining scene um so i got a job at rococo steak in st pete i haven't been yet and that's supposed to be i hear it that it's the best steak in all of the market is that true would you agree yeah it's probably yeah i would i would definitely say top three top three top three for sure okay i haven't gone yet i would like to go um and that is where my love interest with wine started. And originally I thought I was going to be a wine person in the industry. And I guess I still kind of am a little bit. But uh, I mean, we all think you are. <laughs> just kidding. Just whining all the time. It's fine, just all the wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, and then uh, spent a few years there. Bounced around St. Pete to some of the more popular... Uh, fine dining restaurants and I guess like upscale restaurants and started to develop a love for liquor and cocktails and all aspects of the service industry. And I uh, had somebody as a mentor at one point who kind of told me like, you know, if you're going to do this, you got to, you know, uh, develop knowledge you've got to round yourself out in all the areas of restaurants and bar culture you know you need to know food wine beer cocktails yada yada so i kind of took that up as my mission and that's kind of where i've been ever since and then a couple years ago i was adopted by (laughs) (laughs) what are their names by a a lovely uh family from new york um Garrett's real parents finally found him. My new parents. (laughs) Um, And helped them build out uh, Baba on Central in St. Petersburg. Mm -hmm. And that was the start there. And ever since then, it's kind of been uphill with Bodega and now with Bar Chica. 
I, I love all three of those concepts. And I'm not, you know, blowing smoke up your ass. I do think you do a really good job with those programs. Yeah, and they're they're great people. They're restaurant people through and through, which is really nice. Um, they've been doing it, you know, longer than I've been on earth. So it's nice to find other people who are really living the, the, the hospitality restaurant bar life, you know, like through and through. They're not just in it for a quick buck or, you know, doing it as a hobby. It's really, it's been their life for years and years and years as it has been for mine. Nice. I love that. Do you find that it's harder to come across those people in, in the territory today? Like, is it seem as companies start to open up 10, 12, 15 concepts, buy concepts out after two to three years, like those, for lack of a better term, lifers or those people that you come across less in, in the industry now? Or, and, and how is that changing what we see in the day-to-day in terms of the industry? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we come across them less. I feel like I've always not really come across those people or come across them very seldomly. Um, and I, but I do think nowadays there's more of the people who aren't lifers, so it kind of drowns out some of the people who are. You know, you don't see them as often because restaurants and bars and things like that are very popular. Uh, move for people with money right now or people who like want to find something else to do you know they might open a restaurant or a bar to kind of you know expand their portfolio i guess you know at least they're not making shitty tequila like everybody else <laughs> that's a whole other issue Can we... are they making it yeah i'm pretty sure <laughs> you mean buying oh my shitty God. Tequila. <laughs> they're buying shitty tequila let's yeah yeah you know what i mean at least they're not repping it um, you know, all these celebrities, but, uh, we can get on that subject a little bit later. I do want to get to your origin story, Sean. Oh, mine's great. Yeah. And I've never heard it. Really? I've known you for I feel like so- I tell a story to many people the you- first time I meet them and then mm-hmm. every year on their birthday. I also don't remember when we first <laughs> met. So maybe you did and I was drunk and I didn't I remember. I might've, no, I probably didn't. I think I was scared of you the first time we met. So I didn't say anything okay, at all. Okay. We'll as, talk about as that. most people are. <laughs> No, but um, uh, I got to college and sometime in the middle of college, I joined the military and I thought that was going to be my career. Uh, I ended up doing one contract with the Coast Guard. How hard is it going to be to find a job as a veteran with a college degree? And I was unemployed for like six months after I got out. At one point, I was just talking to a friend of mine who managed a corporate restaurant kitchen out in Brandon. And he was like, well, I need a dishwasher at my restaurant. I was like, cool. Does it pay anything at all? And he was like, yeah, I'll take it. Let's <laughs> do it. Does it pay anything? Pays no, wage. I'll do it. It plays minimum wage. <laughs> if, it paid, if it paid me a dollar an hour, I would have done it at that point. Like I needed to figure something out. They took me three months to go from being the dishwasher to being the grill cook and said, like being second to the kitchen manager. The entire time didn't get a single raise. Paid it seven ninety seven an hour for all of that. At, at one point I was spending more money on gas for my shitty old car driving back and forth from Brandon than I was actually making while I was at my job. And uh, I started hanging out at a dive bar in Ypor City all the time. That, and I just happened to be there one day where the current barback that was working there was like, fuck, another barback got fired. Sean, do you want a job here? I'm like, you're going to pay me money to be here at this place I'm at all the time already? Yeah. Then I just hang out here? And he's like, oh, there's like a couple more steps to that. But yes, we'll give you money to be here instead of you just giving us money for you to be here. I was like, all right, sign me up. Let's do it. Deal. Um, I was the shortest training shift of my entire life. 
He literally walked me around on my first shift. He was like, that's where we keep the extra booze. This is the cooler. This is where the kegs go. Grab a broom and sweep up at the end of the night. And um, see ya. Have fun. <laughs> and I had my shift. And that was my first far back shift. And uh, over time, like became a bartender there and then moved on to work for a local brewery. And then along the way, learning how to make drinks and about spirits. Like I was doing a lot of work with Bukari, my local rep. I was like having them sponsor my events. I was helping them develop cocktails. I was doing all sorts of cool stuff with them. And when Santa Teresa came around looking for a brand ambassador, I think there were two bars in the Tampa Bay area that actually served the product. And it was the place I was working at, which was a fancy cocktail bar and the hub, which is everyone's favorite bar, but it's not quite as eloquent as the, <laughs> the, the, the cocktail bar I was working at. So they came there first and they asked us if we, you know, if anyone was interested in the brand job, I was like, I'm, I'm at least curious. I sent them my resume and it was actually between me and one of my coworkers at that bar were the only two candidates who applied for it. And, uh, are you saying you feel like you got the job because there wasn't a ton of competition? Definitely. Like <laughs> yeah, definitely where I really feel like I thrive is when I'm running unopposed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is, is the other guy that I, applied was the guy that scooped the ice into the urinals. Right. The hub, yeah. Right? Also, too, I just will say the last time I was in the hub was the perfect hub moment. Um, was so, Cameron there? Because that's what well, yeah. Of course, Cameron was there. Um, I mean, so I I go to see Cameron to talk to him about something, and I walk in. It's midday, around two o'clock, and there's people at the bar as there typically is at the hub, and. I look over and there's a couple, there's like maybe a tourist person, maybe a business guy. And then there's this person that has their head down, just like asleep, passed out almost on the bar in the afternoon. It's like a Monday or a Tuesday. They have nowhere to be, it seems like. And I'm like, Cameron comes over, he says hi. And he's like, hey, just real quick, just, just give me one minute. Let me deal with this. And then he goes over to the guy, nudges him, and he's like, hey, man, you got to be on your shift in like three hours. So you need to like <laughs> go home, sober up. I don't know what you need to be doing, but I'm not staying here till six o'clock for your ass. And I was like, and that is the hub. That just sounds like a normal hub yeah, story. Yeah, that's 100%. Was there something else or <laughs> And We were all there. That's <laughs> I just was like, I haven't been in that bar in so long. And I was like, Yes, that is, of course, the hub. That's, I kind of think, strangely, why everybody likes it. Um, the first so, time I went to the hub, I got into a fight at the hub. The bartender kicked us out. It was like, finish and then come back and finish your drinks and then like stay here and hang out and spend more money. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> that's and, and, and just like her saying, that, I kind of took the wind out of the fight. I was like, you know what? Do we... Do you, do you want to go outside and keep doing this or do you just want to go back to the drinking yeah, should we just like, Should we just skip it? She just told us how this is going to end. Like, yeah. <laughs> should we just spend $7 and have a yeah, gallon yeah, yeah, of alcohol yeah. and talk it's like about next, next round's on me. Let's, issue, let's solve this diplomatically. And, and that's been my approach to everything since. Is <laughs> let me buy you a drink and while you're drinking and you can't talk, I'm going to talk for a while. I mean, <laughs> sitting at the hub for a couple hours will teach you a lot about life, certainly. Mm -hmm. You know, you talk to every walk of life. You uh, probably have too much to drink and start being too truthful with yourself and the people around you. And uh, you have to pay cash, so you really know uh, what you have in your pocket you when you uh, when you leave there. I'm very aware of your limits at the hub. <laughs> well, speaking of being truthful, I, the reason I liked the idea of having Garrett and Sean on this podcast together is I feel like separately you are both very um, truthful, like passionate people about things that you love and also don't love in our industry. And this is from, you know, spirits on your bar, Garrett, to... <laughs> 
you know, people in the industry or, you know, restaurants and bars that aren't, you know, that aren't, you know, every time I go see Garrett, it's like, oh, yeah, let me, let me tell you about, oh, oh, you like them? Oh, let me, okay, yeah. And he's got an opinion for a lot of things. But I also feel like you as well are just as equally passionate and opinionated about kind of the do's and the don'ts and the wrongs and the rights of, of being in our industry and especially even in the market. So definitely. I mean, I've never gotten paid to lie to somebody. That's never been on my job descriptions. We're, we're adults now at this point. We all know the difference between right and wrong. And the hard part is for a lot, for all of us, because I wrestle with it sometimes too, is like making sure making that right choice um, when it doesn't benefit you. Do you feel like the difference of right and wrong is, um, so some people bring this up to me who, I don't know, work in the industry, but also don't work in the industry. I've heard it on both sides, but it's, um, hey, you know, like, how do you, you know, work for a liquor brand or how are you a bartender and you're serving people alcohol all night when, you know, realistically, we know that alcohol is linked to cancer. And we also know that, you know, um, obviously, there's a lot of alcoholics in, in the world. And, you know, do you think that you're being an enabler because this is what you're choosing to do with your life? What do you guys think about that to everybody? I think that's an outstanding point. Um, but it's not, full, <laughs> but, but it's like, but yeah, but you're right. Like the uh, more like objective morality of it is a good place to start, but there's also the subjective morality of it too. Whereas we are, while we're serving something that is uh, an intoxicant, it's bad for you. It makes you make bad decisions and doesn't always bring out the best in people. Um, there's, there's very few redeeming, moral, morally redeeming parts of it. It's still uh lucrative business we all get to part of. And then we also have the responsibility now, not morally, but also legally to responsibly vend that, you know, and like we're, we're legally required to cut people off and make sure they don't get too drunk at our bars um, with very draconian consequences that come with it, which is objectively morally wrong that we would be held to that level where like someone could get into a car accident and have a receipt from your bar in your pocket and they'll come back and arrest the bartender who was not even close to the scene of the crime. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's also harder to completely I, defend the, that standpoint against that. You know, I think when you talk right. about those things, you're talking about the dichotomy of, of humanity, right? Like we're talking about, I think I've said it like a million times, we're serving social lubricant, man. It's been around for way longer than any of us have been around. It'll be longer, be around way longer than that. And we're now on the verge of accepting controlled substances as a society as the fact that it is up to the person and it's up to the person to be responsible with those products. Unfortunately, in a three-tier system, you will see the draconian results that Sean's talking about. But the reality is, is that we're serving experience in the bar industry and, and alcohol simpl simply makes that experience easier to, to push upon our guests and to get them to buy into the false narrative that we send them, so to speak. That's how I feel about it. Garrett? I mean, I... If the, if the argument is that we sell people something that could potentially kill them or hurt them, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty gray area that you could apply to a lot of, you know, a car salesman can sell you a car and you could drive it off a lot and get in a wreck and die. I don't know. I feel like the same crowd like, that's also always saying that about alcohol is never saying that about tobacco or firearms. Yeah. Yeah. I or, mean, I, I say that about... Tobacco and fire. Yeah, I mean, you're also I, still I, I trying think to sell alcohol. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> She's what? also smoking and carrying a gun right now. So always, always, <laughs> always. It's usual Monday. I am the Florida. It's part of why I was scared of you the first time yeah. I met you. <laughs> Talk about I. Why were you? What, first of all, do you remember when we met? Because I don't. Yep. 
Okay. Was, I, we met at Ciro's. It was the first time I ever went there. Um, when was this? Ooh, it was for a USBG event. And it took me that long to get to Ciro's because I couldn't find Ciro's. <laughs> like I knew about it. I'd heard of it, but I couldn't figure out where the fuck it was. And I kept looking it up and I was like, it's this address, but it's the address is clearly a condo building. So this has to be wrong. And there was no sign on the street. Or anything. And none of your friends that you knew that were in the industry would tell you where it was. No, you just didn't think they thought it was a great them. joke. Oh. And, <laughs> I, and the only reason I found it that day is because uh, I was on my way to, I knew this was going to be a bartender event. I knew a couple of people who were going to be at this event already. And I saw one of them walking through the parking lot. When I was driving by, I was like, this is it. Now we're here. And uh, and we were, I can't remember what the sponsor was or what the event, what the, the topics that we discussed were. It was one of my first USBG uh, events. But I do remember that uh, the mill in St. Pete was just about to open because you were talking about working there. The highlight of my career, I would just like to that say. Was, I'd like mill. to say that that was my first shift at Ciro's ever was that, uh, was that USBG meeting. Was it? Yeah, because yeah, Robbie Wage was still there. Yeah, I had to serve yeah. all the waters. I was like, I was fresh off the boat from Louisville and started there. And was like, wow, this Brenda Terry is a, an aggressive yeah. individual. I don't think I we actually introduced myself. <laughs> or we actually like spoke to each other at all that day. Um, but I do remember seeing you. I do remember like being part of a larger conversation that you were talking in. Um, but yeah. And also, I didn't know anybody. And I was very... I wasn't always like this. But I, you specifically- I started out very... <laughs> I started out very like timid and shy as I like... like like I, I caught myself like walking into rooms or walking into new social constructs and trying to learn the rules of it, of the interactions before I actually participate at all, rather than stumble yeah. through it and find out the hard way, you know, um, which is, I don't know, taking the, the scenic route, I guess, to making friends. Uh, but it was, it was just, I couldn't bring myself to actually just jump out and be the center of attention the first time I meet a new group of people. So would you consider yourself an, what do they call it, an extroverted introvert? I think, no, I think I'm definitely an extrovert now, <laughs> but, but, I, but I used to be an introvert, you know, it's, yeah, it was definitely, I was definitely afraid of talking to people, I was afraid of talking to new people, and it, was, it, it took working in a social environment like a restaurant to really shake me out of that, because it wasn't an option, especially behind the bar, because I had nowhere else to go to hide from people, so I was like, I, I guess I'm talking to you. you have yeah, no I can't agree go. with you more, man. Yeah. It forces you out of your shell, right, for mm-hmm. people who you know, are timid and everything. Mm-hmm. I remember being, I couldn't speak in front of anybody or anything. My first restaurant job, it was like, oh, the server called in sick. Uh, you're going to serve tonight. I was like, I'm, I'm 15. <laughs> Macaroni <laughs> grill, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Macaroni grill. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. They would never hire a 15 year old. That's such a fine establishment, Brenda, for the love of God. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Garrett, you're kind of, well, I don't know. I mean, I kind of consider you as well, maybe I've seen, I feel like sometimes you're an introvert or, you know, it's just your disposition. Maybe you seem to be more of the quiet type. Would you consider that true? Yeah. That's what people tell me. Yeah. Uh, that's what, uh, one word answer. Yes. Yeah. You got You get, you get the truth to Garrett is you have to get nope. him on a rant. You have to get him. Yeah. I, believe something. me. I know. I'm trying to, I'm trying <laughs> to kind of like get to it. Cause I want to say something that will like really spark him, but you're, but you're a bartender. So yes. <laughs> Garrett. This is a great conversation. I just started. The <laughs> but what I mean is, does that hinder you? Do you ever feel like you're you need to be on a little bit more extroverted behind the bar, or do you change oh, your personality yeah. sometimes? I always feel like I expend so much of my energy and like my talking when I'm working behind a bar at a restaurant that when I'm not working, I'm just like I'm just gonna be quiet for a little while. You're exhausted. And just yeah, just listen and talk when I need to. So somebody once told me in the industry, um, 
so I won't say his name because he was embarrassed that I texted you afterwards, say but it. but we know who it is. I don't know what you're talking about. He <laughs> <laughs> It was me, Garrett. Oh, <laughs> he's right here. <laughs> but I was I happened to be sitting with him sharing some mezcal. Oh yeah. yeah. And he I had mentioned you and I said, you know who I really think is like super talented um, is Garrett over at, you know, Baba Barchica Bodega. The stuff that he's doing is really cool. I like how like niche and tailored his cocktail programs are like, you know, obviously Baba is a Greek restaurant. And so everything on your cocktail menu is like incorporate some sort of like Greek um, ingredient or flavor, which is again, great um because you're not just looking at your menu going oh i need a vodka cocktail okay i need a tiki drink i need a stirred drink you're really like thinking about what what the whole concept is about and you do the same with barchica which as i understand it is the way you describe it is like a modern or a caribbean a classic caribbean cocktail yeah like intimate cocktail experience essentially right yeah like focusing on like uh classic cocktails from like latin america and the caribbean so this person had said, oh man, yeah, Garrett's so cool. He, Garrett is like the Beyonce of bartending right now. So not, not it was definitely Sean. What did you text me though? That's true. I believe it. I mean it. What did you text me though? I just texted you, hey, Beyonce. No, after that. And then you said, <laughs> no, and then you said, you said, oh, is this what I am now? And I said, listen, things could be worse. You could be the Kelly Rowlands of. Yeah. Of bartending. And you were like, yeah, that could definitely be worse. So see, it's not bad to be Beyonce. Yeah. Do, what, do you, what do you do when somebody says that? Like when somebody thinks that you're the next person that is saying something creative in the market and deserves to be recognized for that. How do you feel about that? I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just asking you how you feel. <laughs> uh, about let it. me interrupt and say that she completely right agrees now. with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three out of five conversations I have with Brenda and in her praises for you. Yeah. Oh, and I tell her about how I'm talking about how I miss my family and <laughs> and she's she's just, just like, like yeah. But anyways, have you heard of this new Beyonce? Yet? Yeah. She's like he, she's just completely devoured with you. It's it's, it's mind boggling. <laughs> but you deserve it because uh, the programs are, are phenomenal. I'm so a how fan. do you deal with Thank that you. pressure from a stalker? You know? I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, just drink more rum. Just drink yeah. more Santa Teresa. Delicious Santa Teresa rum. I just try to do like the best I can with what I am or was given, and kind of you know do what I feel is the best way to go about it, and kind of the most creative and and forward thinking aspect of it, but. I don't know. I've really never really thought about it that way because I'm always looking to other people and like. Yeah, you're always copying off somebody else. That yeah, you I'm always think ripping. I'm always ripping off other people. So <laughs> it's actually all yeah, it's all you're rip welcome. off really. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think about it like that ever. I just think about like trying to do the best I can and like paying attention to what's going on and reacting, you know, to to what's happening in our world and the you know move in that direction. I don't ever think of myself as like in the front of the pack. I would love to be thought of that way. <laughs> you you mentioned uh, believing in uh, restaurants and bars that are doing it right. Can you expand on that in terms of what do you think a bar program, if it's a bar program that is doing it right, and also, Sean, I'd love to hear your thoughts about that too. What do you think are some of the right things to be doing? Right now, I would probably preface that in this time. I'll take a small pop shot and say not 11% cost, but um, 
Shots fired. Yeah, Shots just, that's fired, the only Jay. one. That's the only one. I'll, I'll, I'll move on. Um, uh, I don't know, like being being creative, um, having a unified vision, not being like bought is a huge thing for me. Like if I can see that a that a that a bar or a restaurant is just completely bought out by, you know, a company or a brand or something like that, that kind of turns me off initially. I mean, congrats to you guys if you can do it, but <laughs> but if I if I walk into a bar and it's just like the same three things in every cocktail or or the same, you know, uh even in like with wine, like the same portfolio of wine just dominates their whole list. I'm just kinda like Maybe I'll just have a beer. Sean, how do you feel? What do you think the bars that are doing it right and or the bars that are doing it wrong, like what are ways to be doing it right right now? What are ways that you see doing it wrong? I think the number one thing right now is to be, like Garrett said, you have to take care of your staff. I mean, a lot of, it's easy to think about like what a bar is doing in the sense that like, and picturing a building walking around and doing things, uh, but it's not. It's made up of a group of people who are committed to completing a task. Um, and that's what any business is. It's not like this nameless, faceless entity. It's made up of people doing things. To that end, like the bars that I think are doing the best or the coolest or the bars I want to see work together is like when you walk into the bar and you see this restaurant team that are there, that are the, the bar, that are the restaurant, is that they work together, that they are committing to this task as one. They are earning money as one. The reality is, is that we should we should basically be offering the best that we can for our guest, right? Do you guys both agree to that? Do you think that there's some, some bit of ego and personality that goes into a menu? Because I know that's another side of things for a lot of people too. Like I did this on my menu for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it should, and you should do that on the menu for you. Oh, he said, treat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, with that, we're going to take a break and I'm going to, have Sean serve all of us some more Santa Teresa and we'll be back after this break. <laughs> Finally something I'm actually good at. <laughs> Welcome back to another round of the 86 club. I fucking hate you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love that shtick. It's pretty clever, Brenda. I, good for you. I don't, I think it was Matt's idea. I'll be honest. I don't, That's don't the best look, he's radio. looking at me like, mm-hmm, it was mine. All of your ideas are mine. <laughs> Good lord. On that note, uh, Sean, do you <laughs> do now? You, let's party. Do you uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about Santa Teresa, seventeen ninety six, Rob? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but Santa Teresa, like it's from where it's from and where it's like Venezuela is not stable. Is I guess the, the best way to put it. There's like no, there's not a lot of infrastructure. There's no one doing anything from the government side to provide for the people. Part of the issue I was talking about bars doing it right or wrong is you can do nothing to provide for your staffs, for your people, for, for your network and for your app, for your community. What Santa Teresa does that got me interested in not specifically taking a brand job in the first place, but kind of, yeah, and taking this particular brand job is what they do is provide a social outreach program called Project Alcatraz, which works to educate young people because there's not a lot of good schooling and to rehabilitate people who are criminals and live lives of crime, most namely gang members in their local community and throughout Venezuela. So it started off as a small local thing where they, to date, kind of rehabilitated over 20 gang members, more than 200 people, out of a life of crime and into something more productive that provides for their society. And it's spread and grown since 2003 to every prison in Venezuela. Uh, what Project Alcatraz does is it uses the tools at its disposal to provide people with educations and psychological help and like social rehabilitation to become product productive members of their society. And as a result, in that time period, the violent crime rate in Venezuela as a whole has dropped like 80%. 
and the violent crime rate in Marrakech, which is the nearest city to Santa Teresa's hacienda, has dropped like 95%. Recidivism has gone way down, and Venezuelan government hasn't done anything different at all. Are you saying that Santa Teresa is saving lives? Yes, and there's many where I've, I've met them. But like hearing that, like about being about being more than just a brand, uh, like lining pockets getting into money, because Santa Teresa has three SKUs. I only sell one of them. The other right. two put the keep the lights on the distillery. They put profits in the pockets. They make everything go around. Santa Teresa pays for Project Alcatraz. The 1796 SKU does. And that's it. Every single dime goes to it. It's the entire advocacy team in the U.S. and in, around the world focuses exclusively on 1796 for that purpose, to meet that goal, to get to that end. Because th this is a company that's like in, to quote us again, doing what I think is doing it right, is providing not only for their business interests, but for the interests of their entire community. I have to agree with you. I think, does it do more harm than good? And like, here's a great example of it doing some good, which is nice. Yeah. It's easier to strike the balance there. I like it. Good. So, uh, do you think that the Tampa cocktail scene, and I only bring this up just because all of us have like a kind of cocktail background. Do you think the Tampa cocktail scene has something unique to say in the industry? I don't think you need to do something like crazy and inventive to be like talked about or to like, you know, a lot of my favorite bars aren't doing anything like crazy inventive. They're just kind of like making cocktails good, making them the right way, maybe throwing in something in there that's kind of different and interesting every now and then. Um, but it's, it's authentic. You get a good cocktail every time you get a good experience, you know, rather than just like, like I said before, something that feels like it's phoned in, like I stop putting Moscow mules on your menu. <laughs> People are just going to order it anyway. Stop putting margaritas stop. and old fashioned. Old fashioned. Stop putting an old fashioned. I don't care menu. what you do to it. It has Aztec chocolate bitters. It cool. does. Oh, it's it's our unique old fashioned. I fucking hate that. I had to talk an encounter. If you're bored with your old fashioned home, you can definitely make one with a beautiful rum like Santa Teresa's 1596. <laughs> <laughs> at least I'd rather at least have a rum old fashioned or like if it's a, a wait, mezcal old fashioned. If it's a mezcal old fashioned, it's an Awaco old fashioned. But if it's a rum old fashioned, what do you call that? Is, is, Besides, the, old, is the old fashioned the millennial martini? Like is that? It's yeah, kind of becoming that yeah, way. Yeah, that, I mean, prof, that yeah. the Moscow mule and the espresso martini. The espresso martini is back. I don't I know, love man. It. Espresso martinis slap. I mean, yes. they're good. Don't put them on your menu. No, 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 no. Not yeah, only that's true. It should no. be a secret. I agree with it you. Is it is a secret. Like a I also think, dare I say, an espresso martini. I feel like I could like. I feel like we should have one right after this. I would love to, but <laughs> I feel like I could. I could figure out what the talent pool is behind that bar based on the quality of their espresso martini. Like if I just walked into Ooh, any bar and said, question. like if I walked in and said, I want an espresso martini, didn't say anything else. To be honest, I would order it as an espresso cocktail. No offense. But because I don't, uh, because it looks at you funny now. Typical, I know right I now. say espresso cocktail. Mm, and for, people are like, for those what? of us listening and yeah. not watching right now, pure disdain it's actually I think yeah it's not a martini it doesn't have vermouth <laughs> in it it doesn't have vermouth in it the original one was called a vodka espresso yeah, yeah. that there was the original is. and i say can i have an espresso cocktail because it's not it doesn't have fucking no, that's vermouth wrong, in though. it that's wrong so i should say it's a vodka <laughs> espresso no, i should say sure. that, is that, is that no sure? nobody's gonna know what you're talking about right yeah people already think i'm people already think i'm an asshole garrett i can't just walk into a bar and go can i get a vodka espresso they're going to be like, you probably could, honestly. Do you hang out with Garrett you, Ramsey? You probably could specifically. I bet it's going to be hot, Bullshit. though. Bullshit. 
It's just gonna be vodka and, and a shot of espresso. So, so I'll tell you, yeah, it's I mean, vodka I can't really wait till the next fast. time you come to my bar, you can order like an espresso cocktail. I'm just gonna make you margarita with espresso instead of tequila. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. be mad at that. I maybe, would. maybe, Kinda. but yeah. I, I do. I've noticed this since the last bar that I bartended at, and I was like, man, like every night, you know what I was pumping out more than almost anything else after a certain hour was an espresso martini Mm. and i was like shit like what's going on and it started for me personally happening in 2017 2018 does that is that that makes sense that's it like that for me was the year when i saw the i personally felt the espresso martini was like all of a sudden people love this and i don't know i don't think that's all of a sudden i feel like that's been going on for like yeah, but in the craft world, it finally like made its yeah, way. Yeah, but there into was like this. That, like, there was this whole movement. I mean, Jesus Christ, the best drink I've ever tasted made by you is a variation of a Midori sour. We all kind of let the. Are hot you air talking out. about the umami juice? Umami juice, God damn. The one inspired my my breast milk. Yeah. Yes. It's a great cocktail. Great cocktail. It's because when but I I to, used to uh, pump breast milk into a cord container when I was breastfeeding. I don't breastfeeding. like where this podcast is going. Yeah. This and is, the bar back used to. I used to put it in a cord container. I used to put it in a cord container, and the bar back used to label it "mommy juice," so that nobody else would drink it except. Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Call out to Snake yeah. if you're listening. Only man, I think, to ever he, have tasted my breast milk. your breast milk? He asked uh, the he, first I night. I think he made a Ramos gin fizz. But no, I just... wouldn't lend him enough. I mean, that's, that's gold. Guys, it's liquid fucking gold. But I would pump in the back. And I mean, talk about talk about the life of bartending. Right, I would Brenda, pump in the back. Brenda, no one wants to hear I can fucking this. talk about this. <laughs> I was done with this like 30 seconds ago to be you guys need to more. just You guys need to be more woke right now. Sean's and you need to listen off. to my wokeness. So, I used to pump my nipples. <laughs> Your nipples aren't as cool as mine. They don't make breast milk. No, I know. Fair. Right, all right. Practice. Yeah. They don't keep a human alive. Yeah, practice makes perfect. You need to fucking relax. <laughs> all right. This is real shit that happens to female bartenders. All right, and I used to pump in the back. And then Jacob, basically, the first night I was back at Zeros, he goes, dude, can I have a shot of your breast milk? <laughs> and I was like, dude, man. I only like pumped like three or four ounces. I don't know if I can spare an ounce. He's like, oh, come on, man. So I did. I paid $35 for that ounce of breast milk. What the fuck? Oh, I charged I'm him for it for kidding. sure. No, I'm I did. So anyway, so scratch all that, Matt. Uh, He's no. going to leave it in. <laughs> it's said, wi- it's Women's International said, Day you today. Said, you said this is real thing women bartenders go through. And I was like, wasn't that the last podcast, though? Oh. wow oh let's talk garrett great great cut point so anyways guys as we were speaking what's that one thing that you make your uh you know you guys have both worked in management what's the one thing you make a bartender do right like what's that cocktail brenda said it was the espresso martini mine was always a daiquiri uh we worked with a cat that barbacks had to make lemonades over and over and over again until they were perfect What's, uh, you know, we, we work in a fake it till you make it industry. What's that, that thing where, you know, this, this person's legit, you know, how, how do you, how do you gauge that? I don't know what the espresso martini is a good one. Yeah, yeah it's I mean, good, I mean, right? I'm yeah. steal if, yeah. if, 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 if you're talking about like teaching uh, someone new how to bartend from, the, from scratch in the first place, um, I am picking one cocktail to like make, if you don't know this, don't know anything. I think I love Cosmos. And it's like my guilty pleasure drink. That's wow. my espresso martini that you don't order in cocktail bars. I'll until drink it now, but now it's cool. Yeah. You know, um, 
What's I, your recipe? It's your mom. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you because it's the same as my fucking. Wow, that's aggressive. <laughs> no, because no, because we were talking about this earlier too. His, like gatekeeping cocktails are stupid. His Cosmo like, recipe is really dumb. Only, this is the only way to do it is to like not make yeah. everyone figure it out from scratch like we did. And like, like I'm sure like the struggle makes you stronger. But like if they can stand on the shoulders of giants and see farther and do more, that's what we should be doing to elevate the local cocktail Wait, who's, scene. Who's I fucking I be, fucking hate people who withhold their information. I think it's a fuck. I fuck all of you people who do that. Fuck you guys. You're ruining the industry. All right, go. So Cosmo recipe is the same as my espresso martini recipe. I just changed all of the other ingredients in the same proportions. So an ounce of vodka, an ounce of cranberry juice, a uh, half ounce of curacao or three quarters of an ounce of curacao and a quarter ounce of lime juice and like maybe a little bit of sugar. And that's, that's it. I like it. I mean, oh. the original... I, st- I also like the original, 75, 75, 75, yeah, one yeah. and a half. I, it's, it, like, like, it's not be- bad. I mean, I feel like we're also in an age where balance is preference now, too. So it's like there's no one right way. Even though cocktail recipes are considered facts legally, there's no one right way to make every cocktail. Absolutely not. I agree with that statement 100%. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> so that's the espresso, end. <laughs> so you, hold on. I'm pulling out my Rolex and tell you guys every classic cocktail and how to make them right now. <laughs> Well, don't you think that they're also fluid? Like uh, a cocktail recipe depends on the person you're serving, right? Yeah. I mean, how many of us said that? I want it sweet, but not like too sweet. That's why there's 300 recipes for a martini. And then you make it the same way you always make it. And they're like, I love this. It's so good. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, you're so amazing. You made it perfectly. I've had a couple people come, like send drinks back to me when I didn't make them like sweet enough or not too sweet. Cause like, they're like, I'll get that for people who like we all do for people who've never set foot inside this place before or had a drink. And like they'll order something off the menu, but not as sweet this time. Or can like you make it sweeter and like, okay, cool. I've never seen you before in my life. I'm making it regular. And it's, and normally that's fine. Normally it makes people happy because we're competent all of us at this point to how to make a balanced cocktail uh, in general. Um, but lately I've got people who actually knew what they were talking about and knew what I was about and came back. Like someone sent back a Mai Tai uh, the other night because it, they asked for it extra sweet and they were like, can I have some more simple syrup and make it extra, extra sweet? I'm like, okay, cool. I thought you were, I, I thought you didn't know what you were getting into, <laughs> but you clearly know yourself more than I know you. So yeah, you can d- absolutely. Have this. And I didn't remake the drink. I just like squirted a whole bunch on top. There it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A little floater of simple. They syrup. loved it. It was good. My favorite used to be the Moscato order back in the day. I mean, that like, hasn't stopped. Be like, oh shit, I don't have Moscato. All right, Pinot Grigio, simple syrup, and Sprite. Let's get this fucking hey, party going. I will tell you, <laughs> I'm going to start doing that tomorrow. That sounds good. Oh, or was, a sweet reason. And there's amazing Moscatos out there. Okay, I'm not shitting on Moscatos. No, I... Amazing? No, I learned through I learned through COVID that there's way too many Moscatos sold in retail. Are there? Yes, I, I I've stocked like I've, I've stocked like I've the shelves of all of them. And Prosecco's. I've never had Moscato because I've never set foot in a bar that carried there's it. There's Moscato, there's You're pineapple okay. Moscato, there's red berry Moscato. We're talking about a whole different okay. level of Moscatos right now. No, 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 no. Yeah, I just... Does Burns have them all? <laughs> <laughs> we could go there yes. and try Moscato. Like, I'm Probably. about to try Moscato for the first time tonight somewhere. I'm going to find it. Burns would be a good place to go. I think Carlo Rossi has. They're playing the odds, right? Like they have to have it. Well, and there's Moscato, and then there's Moscato Diasti, which Mm. is the sparkling Moscato. Oh, which is just mm, a headache so fast. (laughs) Headache in a bottle. Um, Garrett, what's your uh, cocktail that you secretly judge bartenders on? I don't know. I mean, I wanted to just jump and say old fashioned right off the bat. That's still a good one. Do you know how many yeah. times I go in order an old fashioned? I, it's so unbalanced still. 
Yeah. yeah so many places. Happens. Remember when a dear friend of ours uh, made an old fashioned and the, the guest <laughs> took it back and we said, listen, man, this person has been bartending for 10 years. <laughs> She knows how to. There is no she knows way this how to person would ever fashion. not make it right. And so all of a sudden they come around the corner and they go, "Nope, nope, nope, just bourbon in that old yep, fashioned." Totally <laughs> forgot. I fucked up. I, I fucked up. up. I forgot to put syrup and bitters in this old fashioned and had just stirred two yep. ounces of yeah, whiskey it until it was unbelievably diluted. You know what? That was my bad. <laughs> that was my bad. I did that. And it goes to show you. We all, but how many times have you done that? Like I've where you never fucked it that. up? Have you ever fucked it up so bad and you're like, fuck, and you see the drinks going out and you're like, oh, I don't even know if I put The worst is when you can't remember and you're yeah. like, you're like, oh, I'm going to send it out anyway. I think it's good. I've had a few like uh, being in the weeds and forgetting citrus and then you watch it walking away and you're like, right. that drink's so goddamn clear. Uh, <laughs> Don't make mistakes. Don't fight up. With that said, I think we're coming to a close of this podcast recording. I want to thank you all for being here. Uh, I always like to go around and talk about which cocktail do you think you are? But I also like to do it as a joke, whereas the other person gets like you, you get to decide which one you are, but the other person gets to say which one you really are. So I'll start with Garrett. Okay, that was weird. You just tricked me there. You looked at Sean and said my name for nobody that could see. I'll start with building suspense. Garrett. <laughs> Fair enough. Garrett, which cocktail? How about this? Is, which cocktail do you want to have at the end of a night? Which cocktail I want at the end of the night? Yeah. Uh, now, which one you are? Just which one you yeah, you're I really mean, into right now lately? It's it's always been a Negroni. A Negroni. How do you make yeah, it? My whole life. Um, one one one. Because I'm not it. a psychopath. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> the fuck? For the love of God. <laughs> what kind of question is that? The 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 Negroni debate drives me. That's what I was gonna say earlier when you were saying the, to it test like? it to test a new bartender. <laughs> do I shake it like Stanley Tucci? Yeah. No, fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm not watching any more of his and movies. And his CNN series? That no, he I'm not watching on? any more of his movies. He's done. He's out. I canceled him a long time ago. Aw, Tucci. Um, no, the new bartender thing, I was going to say a Negroni, because if somebody doesn't build it 111, you're not hired. What's your perfect Negroni? I don't know if I have a single perfect Negroni. Mm, Obviously, it has to be 111. Yeah. In my mind, the, the on. one thing that is set in stone is dry gin. Just the drier, the better. It's got to be Juniper Heavy. It's got to be Beefeater, Tanqueray, Fords. It's got to be something in those in that wheelhouse. I'm telling you, it sounds like I'm plugging my brand right now, but I'm not. Oh, I need you to go fucking make an oh, Indigo <laughs> Snoop Dogg Gin Negroni 111. I'm not making a strawberry Just Negroni. fucking make it. And I'm definitely not going to put it on the menu of my I'm next. not asking you to put it on the menu. <laughs> I, I need it across all three locations. No. If you could just do that as yeah, a creative just do loafing that with me. is going to write about my Snoop <laughs> Dogg Negroni. What I'm saying is, I will In say this. I'm not, good. I'm not fucking <laughs> plugging it. I will just say... Strawberry and Campari are very good friends with each other. And I made it the other day and I was like, in the words of Cameron Murr, who sent me the recipe, not the recipe, but like, he was like, fuck, I made this. He goes, I'm, I'm mad that it's this good. I was like, and I made it and I was like, I fucking feel the same way. So that's the only thing is, I think just in general, just a quality gin, but turn this into a five minute ad. 
I'm not trying to. These people with their I'm not this fucking trying to. This is the bonus to. episode of the podcast where we I talk don't about even have a bottle of his beer we on all the have goddamn bar. We, we don't have time, time talking about Santa Teresa. Now we have to call Brenda <laughs> a little bit. We all have to pee. We don't have time. I for don't even have a bottle of it here. I did not pre-batch you strawberry Negronis. I don't have them waiting for you after this podcast. Sean. Spent this whole time talking about hospitality and bring us any Negronis. She didn't turn the air conditioner on. She didn't turn on the window. That's Matt's fault. That's Matt's fault. <laughs> Sweats us out. Um, Sean, what cocktail do you think best describes Garrett? Bamboo. Wow. Ooh, that's a deep class. That's true. Ooh, it's that's a, a deep classy. cut. I like yeah, bamboo. It's, What's it's, a bamboo? It's, it's sophisticated. It's, it's, it's a sherry Manhattan. And it's mm. and it's because Garrett's better than us. And it means he's in love. <laughs> it really means it really Garrett means is he's Beyonce. In love with you. Garrett is the Beyonce of bartending. About a bamboo in a while. Bamboo That's because every time you put it on a menu, it does not sell. No, yeah, yeah. I would never put I it on a menu. I three of these last year. Jay not, tried. Yeah. yeah, you guys tried. No, I did no. an Adonis. I did Adonis, Adonis yeah, the at, at the bar at Armature. Yeah. yeah. I had, oh. I think I had one of the three you sold. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was brutal. Yeah, bamboo is the cocktail that I love to drink that nobody else ever will, that I'm never going to put on a menu ever, like or that. even that. try to tell anybody about it. Sean, what drink are you drinking lately? Two daiquiris. Two daiquiris yeah, yeah. in one, one cup? No, two daiquiris no, in one cup? You get them in two separate cuts. <laughs> two dax. It's two, two dax, daiquiris. Two dax, two dax, one I've cup? Got, I've got two hands. I need two daiquiris. Isn't that? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's at the end of a shift. It's one to slam and then one to drink. And it, if I'm just out and about, it's still two daiquiris because it's one for me and one for whoever. Is like the Yeah, because people should drink more rum. People should drink more daiquiris. Do you drink them as Santa Teresa? Sometimes. Every time? Not every time. I like that. Sometimes. Um, Garrett, what drink do you think Sean is? Best describe Sean. It's that fucking... It's an unequal part Negroni. Unequal part. <laughs> a gin-heavy Negroni. Gin-heavy Negroni. With which gin? No, I'm just kidding. It's actually... Um, what is that drink called? That, that tiki drink with like four different spirit bases that you love. What? A, a it just sounds like a normal oh, swizzle. Talking about a fog cutter? Fog cutter. Oh, a fog, He's cutter. A fog cutter. You are yeah. a fog cutter. Maybe a, maybe a little That's Satan's like a whiskers. Built-in fart a, joke. What's a fog? What's a fog cutter? <laughs> what's a fog cutter? It's got gin. Exactly. Pisco or brandy. Mm-hmm. It's got rum. Mm-hmm. It's got sherry. Mm. Does it have orgeat? Yeah. It has orgeat. Does it, it have? Does orgeat. it have dry curacao? Oh yeah. It's got dry curacao too. Does it got lime juice or lemon? It's lime. Lemon juice. It's lemon? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, the tiki. It's a rare lemon juice tiki. Yeah. Ooh, the yeah. rare lemon. The rare lemon, like the Saturn. Yeah, I know, the Saturn, right? The only gin tiki cocktail out there. Yeah. Maybe not the only, but... Yeah, it's like a well, Saturn. Fog if you really has shoehorn gin. some yeah. rum into it, and then like, you can turn fog cutter, fog cutter. Yeah, Fog Cutter's a Saturn that you added eight extra ingredients to. Because fuck, in, in, fuck it, why in, not? It's tiki. That you fell into. I will say this about a lot of tiki cocktails. All these bottles spilled into the sink, and I scooped it out, poured it in the glass. That's perfect, because I want you to work harder, and I want to hold an umbrella at the same time. That's true. I will say about a lot of tiki cocktails I've had, I mean, they at some point, they're indistinguishable in terms of like, it's like, okay, I don't taste half the shit that you're telling me is yeah, in here. There's a lot of them. And like there's that. a lot of ice and I I don't know. God, just get rid of the ice. Just God, just there's take a the lot. ice out. No, there's those just are, a lot those of are ice. Matt's vows, actually. <laughs> just he, pour the bottles in the glass. <laughs> I don't there's understand. a lot of ice and uh, I got to put a lot of measuring. Stop measuring. I got to put a lot of booze in this and there's Matt, a lot yeah, of ice. Matt's but, like, uh, I don't get half you know the shit I love in front of me. I don't know. He's looking at me like, yeah, you're not half wrong. All right, Jay, what cocktail are you sipping on lately? 
Oh, I'm old now. Metamucil. <laughs> uh, it's not true. Completely. Y- you know, I've been uh, getting down on the Cobble Hills lately. It's a nice, soft <sighs> drink for me. My favorite Manhattan. My kid eats cucumbers, so it's easy for me to make with the ones that she leaves on the carpet. You know. <laughs> You're like, you know what I'll do? You know what I'll do? Sustainability. Not yell at you, make a Cobble Hill, and then just calm down. Yeah, which, for me. which rye and dry vermouth and stuff are you using? I'm a Dolan dry man. Yeah, I like Dolan. Yeah, the right answer. Not the sweet, but I like the dry. And then I have a few different. I have a few different ryes in my cabinet right now. I've got the one that never leaves Old Overholt. Old Overholt rye. Yeah, never the leaves. Rye? It's mostly like uh, my friend comes over who's a drunk and. I'm sorry. I visit you so much. And I just say, hey, have a shot of this. <laughs> but I also have been drinking Old Portrero straight rye lately. I haven't had it. And then I've also been drinking the most mislabeled brand in the world, Clyde Mays. It's a mm-hmm. four-year MGP, bottled in Florida, yet it says Alabama whiskey on the label. But my God, is it what? delicious. <laughs> I've definitely seen Clyde Mays on the shelf, but I've never read the bottle. I don't I have no idea. Clyde Mays is very farmhousey. It's it farmhousey. We Ryan. tasted this rye the other day, and I didn't know what to expect. And I was like, yeah. God damn, this is good. I got to look up what it is. Yeah. And I just assumed MGP. And sure enough, four year MGP, bottled in Florida. It says Alabama whiskey on the front, and it is fucking delicious. Wow. Where's the Alabama part? Do you think they drive between all three states, or do you think they fly? I mean, I sure should hope so. Uh, No, I believe it's uh, the story is actually that it's a Konica distilling was based out of Alabama because the father was a a bootlegger out of that area. But needless to say, it's delicious juice. Very, very good juice. Give it a shot. I like it. All right. It's my plug. (laughs) (laughs) What else goes in a Kamala? Cobble Hill is uh, rye, Montenegro, dry vermouth, cucumber slices, yeah. yeah. And orange bitters. Orange bitters, yeah. Is this like an old Ciro's cocktail? No, it's, it's a, like an it's old. It's a classic cocktail that I've never heard of. Uh, yeah, it's. Um, fucking idiot me. It's, it's, no, it's a modern. It's, a, it's modern it's Manhattan. Like, so yeah. it's. And the only reason why I think personally I favor it is because I used to live in Cobble Hill. So when I found out there was a Cobble Hill cocktail, I thought it was really cool. But it is it is essentially like a summer Manhattan. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's Cobble Hills, Red Hooks, Green Yeah, you Points. didn't you didn't live in Red Hook, so you're not gonna. I didn't live. I lived very near Red you're Hook. You're not gonna drink any of those. Yeah, fuck a <laughs> fuck, fuck a Red you Hook. You lived in Cobble Hill. Though. Fuck that goddamn Red Hook. I'll tell you this: I will drink a Red Hook because it has Punta Mez in it, and mm. I know how you both. Do you what hate Punta Mez as much as Garrett does? Punta-Mez? I think I told Garrett to hate Punta Mez. You hate Punta Mez? <laughs> yeah, they both oh, hate Punta Mez, and I fucking love Punta Mez. It's not for making cocktails. It is not. It is not. Fuck right off. But I think I dislike so it more because good. it makes her angry now. I don't even remember what it tastes like, to be honest. Punta- <laughs> I just like to dislike it. It tastes like Amaro because it's not fucking real. It is. It's basically, <laughs> it's basically again, like a like your fog cutter. It, someone yeah. fell in. and It means point yeah. and a half a in Italian. Yeah, yeah, and it, it is supposed to be on the, well, fuck you. It's supposed to be on the Why bitter. It? It's supposed it. to be on the bitter spectrum. Of the sweet vermouth category, it is very sweet much a vermouth, vermouth mixed with amaro. It is very much no. It's a no, it not at all. Bottle. It says that on the bottle. No, it doesn't. Where right. does it say right. that? It's right underneath Alabama whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Bottled in Florida. My favorite thing about a Red Hook is that it uses too much maraschino. It uses like a quarter of an ounce or you half know what, an ounce. Every cocktail uses too much maraschino. 
I was, you know, I was uh, waiting for you to say, like, what drink do you think you are? And I was just going to say maraschino and neat because nobody wants me. (laughs) (laughs) I was just ready for that tonight. And then you threw a curve. I'm just mad that we didn't get into, like, it's only now we've been recording three and a half hours. And finally we get into, like, a juicy discussion that I really (laughs) want to talk about, which is, and I mean this as a joke, but it's like, really, you're... Your just your your passioned hatred for certain things is really the most favorite part. You just want to listen about Garrett and Sean. Certain things are doing it wrong. Yeah, (laughs) you just want me to do a like Garrett. Garrett, what are things, Garrett? And we'll take a little more time because it's just worth it. What are things that you just fucking hate so much? Just everything, or are we talking specifically (laughs) cocktails? I'm talking about the bar industry, not just like everything. I don't. You know, I mean, if you things that show. I hate in the bar industry, I already mentioned some of them. Well, I don't like old that, fashions like... and Moscow mules on menus. Um, <laughs> Let's keep it to like cocktail, like talk as well. All right. Not just political stuff. Uh, I don't like specific pims. cocktail. I don't like pims. You don't like fucking pims. Not a pims guy. Why don't um, you like pims? I, it's just fine. It doesn't really serve a purpose other than the Pim's cup. It's a fucking Pim's cup, man. Like you need to fucking have a bottle of it. Okay. I don't like. I think think it can only have one purpose. That's fine. That's like a little bit. I don't think it can only have. It's a fruit cup liqueur. Yeah. It's got Uh, a lot of fruit in it. Anyway. Might as well eat peanut butter whiskey. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So So you don't. Let's make like things that children eat into booze. Fair point. So you don't like Pims. You, you don't, don't like Miami Vices? You I don't. I like Miami Vices. <laughs> I don't like Aviations. And this is where I'm really just I don't sickened like, I don't to like, hear that. I don't like, too old and not old enough to like Aviations. I don't like Last Words. Ooh, I love uh, Last word. What is wrong with you? You like a Negroni, but you don't, don't like, like a Negroni. He doesn't like, a mar- like, he doesn't like anything with maraschino in it. I don't like anything with more than a quarter ounce of maraschino in it. Uh. Or more than any amount of green chartreuse what uh, yeah fuck chartreuse man <gasps> I, like we've all overdone it with you the know chartreuse. what i want oh, i want my, my cocktail God. to be steamrolled by this one ingredient because it's way too powerful oh well, that's why you use dolan chenepi de alps and cocktails oh my god <laughs> softer do you sell chartreuse i'm no, tired no, of no, i'm glad <laughs> that bottle went away to be honest i like dolan but god damn every every cocktail bartender showing up to a competition and setting their Dolan Genepi on the on the bar top. Like, that's not you're not being creative here. They're like it's sixty dollars cheaper you, than Chartreuse, and you put in every cocktail you do for a competition. Oh man, um, great. St- I still drink it neat with my tea in the morning. <laughs> Sean, what do you absolutely fucking hate? Ooh, this is gonna be good. I hate so I hate Punta Mess and Chartreuse. We established that, and I don't need to go over them so again. Sad. We did just go over them again, though. I mean, I could talk about them. if you hand me a Bijou, I'm gonna flip and sab. But I also, I also really, really don't like uh, young bartenders going in and trying to stump the bartender at their favorite bar and being yeah. rude to like my bar back because they don't yeah. know what you're talking about when you order like a, like farther than a first like first layer classic cocktail. If you're coming in ordering deep cuts like a like a Brooklyn or something like that, like there's not a lot. There's even in the modern cocktail can, there's not a lot of expectation to know that because you don't need to. You know, um, and that's something that happened to me yesterday. So that's why I'm a little bit, it's on my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk shit to my bar back. I talked shit back to him when he came up for his next round. And Brenda I like, called out a young bartender for talking shit a couple weeks ago. I did. Ooh, I did. Yeah, oh, did. I did. I got, a, I got a phone call. My kid's taking a nap and I get a phone call <laughs> from a 
terrified 23 year old <laughs> is he even 23 I, I don't know but i've never felt so old in my life what happened he didn't put punta mez in his red hood <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have miller light and draft and bottle that's bottled. good garrett it's fucking furious it's fucking i really do want to know what actually happened though. can we actually say what happened yeah i'll tell you what happened so well i mean i really should back it up we don't have to name obviously the restaurant no, they work at and who they are but this person is somebody who i guess just really likes to start shit but jay called me i feel like i had to talk you off the ledge a little bit because you called me originally and you were pissed i had been stuck in traffic for a few hours i was pretty angry. and you were like <laughs> calling me and you were like i just gotta say do you know this bartender well blah 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 so like Define, just explain what that conversation was and then I'll back it up. So basically it was like this person I don't even know. Just everyone I ran into that I do know, they were like, man, that guy, that guy has a lot to say about you. I'm like, what? <laughs> like I'm fucking overweight? Yeah, my fucking wife tells me all the time. <laughs> they're like, no, you know, just like they don't care for you. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I got a phone call from a coworker going, man, that guy doesn't like you. I'm like, holy shit, this is interfered with my like actual day now, right? Like I'm having a conversation about this person. So I'm stuck in traffic for like an hour. I call Brenda to vent and she is of course being a mom figure going, I think he's actually going to do something crazy. You need to calm down, Jay, just calm down. Everything will be fine. So I calm down. Everything's over. Completely forget about the situation, right? I was mad for about 45 seconds. Two weeks later, I get a call from this person. <laughs> Uh, Jay? Uh, yeah, yeah, this is him. Just apologizing to me, going on about how they would... And I have completely forgot that this even happened. And, uh, I'm like, oh, I only know. So I get off the phone, I say, hey, if you didn't say anything, it's whatever. I get off the phone, I call Brenda, and she goes, oh, yeah, I told that fucker. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, there was this young... There's this young fucking punk bartender, and... He used to work at a very reputable cocktail bar and most recently has switched to a different position. And all I hear is this person just, you know, talking about people that he doesn't know, saying shit about me, like just, and whatever. And like, I'm normally like, I don't care. Like I could care less what somebody says about me. But, you know, when you're talking about people that you don't know and you're kind of trying to go out there and slander their name because you just feel like it's a competitive thing to do eh, take issue with it so when the opportunity was ripe where it was outside of their work environment and i ran into them at a neighboring bar i just was like hey man i just want to let you know like listen i know that i know what you said about jay and I just cornered him. Can you just imagine her loaded? Right. Look here, her daughter's and I just, just on him. her chest. Yeah. And he's I, like, are you driving? Yeah. <laughs> and I just said, I know what you said about Jay. And I was like, and I just want to let you know, Jay knows. And he's really mad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and he, he called me about it. And he's not okay with you going around talking about him like this. And I also know what you said about me. That's fine. That's fine if you feel like that. And he was like... I didn't, I know, you got it wrong, you got it wrong. I was like, no, it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. I go, listen, man, it's cool. We're all, we're all human. We're all human. That's okay. You have a good day, all right? And he just walked away, and then two seconds later, Jay texted me and was like, uh... Wait, did you give that guy Jay's phone number? No, he had it, apparently. And I said, and I said, you know, you should give him a call. Grinder. And I said, if I were you... <laughs> 
I said, if I were you, I would apologize. I would apologize to him. Yeah, she really got all mom on me as a. I I just think that it's not okay when people um, feel the right to say to talk shit about people like that. I'm just so tired of like people not being um, community oriented. If that makes sense. So Mm. yeah, fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Don't worry, none of this will make it in the podcast. I also hate him in your So do we feel like we need to is there anything I, I we want to think but it's fine. No, say it. No, Let's talk. We're, we're about, okay, so I also hate the the spirits nerds that are ruining every single category of spirits in order. Again, like it's like we c- you can't buy Buffalo Trace whiskey anywhere anymore. <laughs> It's not, it's impossible. And it's it's starting to bleed out. And it's been like, whiskey has been like that for a long time. And it's been (laughs) trending in that situation for a long time. It's starting to happen to rum now and it's pissing me off. And it's been, it's it's making it. People paying like thousands of dollars for Foursquare and Corona. Yeah. 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 And I I think, I think the conversation being exclusively about one distillery too is kind of like defeating the purpose of spirits as a category because you're disqualifying everything like like using rumfers as a perfect example if you go on the ministry of rum facebook page which is not the reason it got started but what it turned into is a four square circle jerk page and it sucks it's it sucks because it's not like you get people in for the reason that because you get people who were joining for the first time because they just started getting into rum and someone referred them to it and they were like oh i want to check this out like you guys know what you're talking about you guys talk about rum all day what's a good bottle for me to start out with and someone will throw out like whatever new release that just came out that only they have that's like up like like an impot like a five hundred dollar bottle of rum and it's like that's what you should get before you get any other bottle and like you someone else start is with think, black tot yeah and someone else is throwing start out with and that. someone else is throwing <sighs> out the idea it's like well I mean Crujan light rum is a, a great rum to make daiquiris and mojitos with which is what you want right and they're like yeah but it's like forget about all that forget well, about do that do you like, think that's like part of like the idea that we're like entering this phase of the the bartender and pop culture and the idea that spirits are becoming super super mainstream and you have people getting into it day by day like is that just part of what suffers when things get exposed to the masses I mean, I mean i guess if you're trying to define if people do have an, i feel like they do have a need to define what is best what is the standard to bear what is like what we compare everything else to um but starting at the top and especially in like a new category of spirits like rum that's like not new but it's getting attention for the first time in a long time i think in the same way that bourbon and american whiskey have been getting attention for a while and what you're doing is you're taking this extremely diverse spirit group the, the spheres category and you're stealing it down to if it's not like this it's not like anything and it's like like you get people like pop up in their own little segments like the guardians of rum that are saying like if you add a little bit of sugar or if you add any kind of flavorings to your spirit it's not rum anymore you know yeah. which disqualifies a majority of what's produced not only in the world but in the caribbean is where they're focused on and it's it's serving the purpose to keep rum out of glasses in front of people because you can't all have the same thing. It's the same thing that's been going on with Sazerac for years and trying to like pimp out Pappy Van Winkle as like a, a thing where you have to buy a million cases of Wheatley vodka to get your chance at buying this one whiskey that we make plenty of that we could just sell to people for a reasonable price. And it's gotten out of control. And it's starting to see that with, with, with rum now and it's starting to happen in tequila too with celebrity-owned brands and everything popping up, which are always for some reason tequila except for Snoop Dogg's uh, quote unquote <laughs> fantastic gin. <laughs> I didn't say it was fantastic. I just said I it made a good you. Negroni. I just said it made a good Negroni. I believe you said it's fantastic yeah. for I, shizzle. I said. At the age of 37. What is that? What are you, 43? 43 you said that? Good Lord. I'm just saying, Sean, I mean. 
56 and, years and old and you said the category as a whole it's making it it's making it it's giving it less credibility I when think, it's the attention is to grab it more i mean i just think there's so much out there period right yeah. like there's so many whiskeys there's mm-hmm. so many rums there's so much tequila there's so much vodka there's so much shit yeah out so why there. should we only talk and, about one and bartenders tend to be the first line of defense there i mean people generally come in a lot and ask when they're curious about spirit categories and ask the bartender what are the brands you like or what are the ones i should try and i think it, that's when it's up to the bartender to be knowledgeable and point people in the right direction on premise influence off premise yeah. on premise influence retail so and i would also say that the brands that spend the most money influencing on premise are the brands that also win the most yeah. in retail and i think you can't really say that that's not true because it is it definitely is. Yeah. But so. that's the business side of it. I'm talking about the art. I'm talking about the, uh, like, like the way we interact as a community about this stuff. I mean, do you think there should just be some massive, I mean, how, how do you? I don't have a solution for it. This is a complaint. <laughs> like, I don't know how to make me like chartreuse, but I don't fucking like it. And I'm <laughs> I love chartreuse. I think it's one of the love most it. complex I'll spirits I've ever tasted. Not the yellow, the green. I'll I think it's fantastic. It's you know it's it, for, for me as a personal experience it was the same way that like I don't fuck with truffles anymore on food you know why yeah. because I had way too much one time yeah. yeah it's like and like I had just way too much chartreuse I got that's how you, I feel about mushrooms I got, I got I got I got completely sharded <laughs> by it. Things. <laughs> and it's it's that thing when people are coming up with cocktails too and they're like oh I don't know what to do I'll just throw in half an ounce of chartreuse like of course you will. Because now it's going to taste like chartreuse and now the and drinks that at thirty one percent cost yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just going to tell you the last bar competition that I judged, which was only like two weeks ago, the winning cocktail had chartreuse in it. And honestly, God, it was the that. best cocktail out of all of them. It, it was, was great. It was, it was a last word with Snoop Dogg's. Yeah. It was a last <laughs> word with Indigo with Gin. In, in gin. <laughs> all right, guys, this has been fun. Thanks for coming. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. I'm glad we finally got around to something funny. <laughs> the yeah. I know. I was like, God. A dry group. Debbie Downers. Bonus episode where we keep listing things that we don't like. (laughs) Coming up next. This podcast brought to you by David Lynch. (laughs) Okay. Not funny. (laughs) All right. Well, see you later. All right. Bye, guys. And that's the last word.